Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, lead pastor of Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida, and we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith so you experience the goodness of God and the greatness of your unique voice in His kingdom. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at overflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional on amazon.com. Morning, Overflow Church, and good morning, Holy Spirit. Yeah, how can you have a bad day when you begin your day? Just welcoming the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you more than we know. Holy Spirit, we can't do this life without you. We welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our life. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this world. This world needs you more than they know. Holy Spirit, let there just be a holy takeover here this morning. So when we leave here, we'll know that we encountered you, we encountered your glory, and we are changed from that encounter, from glory to glory. So Holy Spirit, we just open ourselves up to you. We breathe you in. We believe in your report, not the world's report. Well, Pastor Chris, I love these decorations. (laughs) Yes. You know what? I love Chris Thomas. There is no one more humble or more like Jesus than Chris Thomas. Well, I finally got around to putting up my Christmas lights. Remember how a couple weeks ago when I preached on how much I love Christmas? So I got around so you can see, I finally yesterday, I I put up my Christmas lights. And and I really needed to because right across the street are our neighbors. And uh, and that's um, Brian and, uh, and Sheila. Sheila was our children's pastor here for about seven or eight years. And their last name is Jones, so we're just trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, so I'm not sure how well we're doing that. Uh, so I was in the back there with, the, uh, with all the helpers. So can, can, we, can we thank all our guys back there who help every Sunday make it happen? And so uh, Shane was back there, and he said, hey, what's up with the beard? And I'm like, well, you know, what better job could there be than to be Santa Claus? So I decided to grow a beard and to apply for the Brandon Mall Santa Claus. Yeah. I got interviewed by Buddy the Elf. Yeah. He said, I know him. I know Santa Claus. Santa Claus is my friend. And you are no Santa Claus. So I didn't get the job. So, all right. You know, that was just a joke, right? I didn't really apply I'm trying here. And so, uh, and so I think it was Brandon. One of you guys, I looked at my shoes. Yeah, see my shoes? This is Advent, right? Got the purple and their classic Reeboks, right? It's all I've worn since high school. 
classic Reeboks. They're leather. I have a small foot, seven and a half. They just fit. And they, they, they came out in purple. I'm styling now, Pastor Chuck. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they even have bubble gum here on the back. So there's bubble gum. So that, yeah. So <laughs> bubble gum purple. I, I, I really do love the Christmas season. You know, it, 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 is, it is God saying, I haven't given up on the world. It is truly the season of hope. So this is the last message in our message series on We Get to Give. And so on behalf of the pastoral staff and the elders, I want to say to you, Overflow Church, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your generosity. So you see our goal, uh, 75,000. We have 72,000 today. And so we just want to say thank you. We appreciate you. And we want to say that your giving is making a difference in Brandon, the Bay, and beyond. And, you know, one of the privileges of being a pastor at Overflow Church is we get to see what your giving is doing. So it's easy for us to tithe Overflow because we see it. But most of you, you don't see all that happens. And so you're giving by faith. And and we just want to say thank you. Thank you for believing in Overflow Church. Thank you for believing in your pastor. So let's look once again at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. This is kind of the passage uh, that I believe is the foundation of cheerful, generous giving. And it's a mindset. Uh, Generous giving doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional. So let's look at this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That's giving with intentionality. When you have decided, when you've made a decision, I'm going to be a giver. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. See, that's the law. And we don't live under the law. We live under grace. For God loves a cheerful giver. And a cheerful giver is a person who is healthy in their body, in their soul, and in their spirit. And God is able to bless you abundantly. You say bless who? Those who are cheerful, who are intentional givers. People who are healthy in their soul. So that in all things, I love this part of the verse, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And those good works, he's talking about giving. And not just financially. When we serve others, we're giving. When we encourage others, we are giving. We're giving a blessing to them. When we pray for others, as we prayed for Jim, we are giving. So in the first message, if you weren't here two or three weeks ago, I want to encourage you to go online and watch the first message. I really focused on giving from a healthy soul. When it is well with my soul, giving just overflows. I don't really need to think about it. It just comes from the Spirit of God in me wanting to get out. Proverbs 4.23 
It says, above everything, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your soul, for it is the wellspring of life. So when it is well with my soul, when I am guarding my soul and making sure that the world and the enemy and others aren't poisoning it, then giving just overflows out of my life. Generous giving, serving, encouraging, blessing others, praying for others. But when I allow the world to get in my soul, when I haven't guarded my soul, when I begin to believe what the world says, that the more I get, the more happier I'll be. Or if I only had what the Joneses, I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses. If I begin to come into agreement with these things, or I allow people to hurt me, well, it's going to happen, but I allow that hurt to remain and I don't forgive. And so my soul gets wounded. And I begin to experience these unwanted emotions of, of fear, anxiety, worry, insecurity, anger because of those who have offended me or hurt me or hurt those that I love, or depression, sadness, loneliness, a sense of emptiness, or envy, jealousy, coveting, when I think that if I only had that job or if I only had what that person had, if I allow these things to get into my soul, my soul becomes wounded and it's not well with my soul. When I give beyond what God has called me to give and I experience compassion fatigue, I don't want to give. I don't want to serve others. I don't want to encourage. I don't want to pray for others. You know what I want to do? I want to do the same thing that you want to do. I want to isolate and I want to withdraw. That's why it's so very vital that we, Proverbs 4.23, our soul. Above all else, guard your heart, guard your soul, because the enemy is attacking your soul so that you'll withdraw and you'll isolate. If you see someone who's withdrawn and isolate, don't get mad at them. They've been hurt. They've been damaged. And what they need is restoration. So my challenge uh, in, the in the first message was to, to continually go through the restoration manual because as long as there's the world, the enemy, and people, we're going to be wounded and we're going to need restoration. We're going to need for our soul to become healthy. So today what I want to do is focus on giving with intentionality. So you see there a quote on the screen. You can't give, you can't if you don't live with intentionality. We can only give with intentionality when we live with intentionality. So generous giving is not accidental. Generous giving is planned. It's thought out. And so my experience as one who is, I think I just turned 30 recently, uh, is that there, thank you Pastor Chuck, appreciate that. Uh, is that there are really two kinds of people. There are givers and there are takers because it's a mindset. A person who is a giver, they have a mindset of giving. They think of others. They're willing to sacrifice because they truly understand it is more blessed to what? To give than to receive. People who are takers, 
They think they deserve it. They think that they are entitled to it. Pastor Chuck has written a great book called End Entitlement. And you're having a special this month. Is it okay if I promote that? <laughs> $10. And if you haven't read the book, it's really, it'd be, listen, all of us at times are givers and takers, all right? But some people live a lifestyle of givers. Some people live a lifestyle of takers. And Pastor Chuck's book is telling you, move from being a taker to being a giver. So if you're in that category and you find that you're a person that's a taker and, and you take the givers for granted and you think you're entitled to it, read the book. Can I have 10% of that income coming? All right, thanks. I appreciate that. So uh, I was thinking about takers and I was thinking about givers. And moms, you are like all stars, right? As givers. And kids, we have a tendency to be all stars as takers from our moms. And you know what? I have to confess, husbands. We kind of we do that as well. We kind of take from our wives and take and take. And so I, I saw this video. Uh, and actually, Pastor Chris, he found it for me. And it was about mom on Christmas morning. Okay? And you know what? Let's change it. Let's change it for moms this Christmas. So watch this video. A little bit of rap on Sunday morning in Oflo. I got an autographed baseball fact. I got a telescope. I got a globe. I got a watch. And I got a robe. I got Hulk hands. I got a tie. I got a copy of the catcher in the rye. I got a drum set. I got a phone. I got a pen. And I got a robe. I got an apple pizza oven. And I got a cameo from Nick Lovin. I got a hoverboard. I got a drone. I got a laptop. And I got a robe. Thanks for the robe. Yes. All right, let's hear it for our moms. All right, let's, 
let's hear a message and do something about it, right? Let's let's make this Christmas special for moms, okay? And you know what's really interesting? If you if you watch a comedian like Robin, she she uh, she is able to wind down by listening to comedians every night. Uh, that would not wind me down. I don't know, that, but it winds her down. And so as I've been listening to these comedians that she listens to at night, what I've what I've seen and recognized is that all they are doing is stating the obvious that we don't think about. And that's why we laugh so much at that. Because it's the obvious that we don't think about until now. How much our moms have given and made Christmas special. Now, I'm not, I don't want to leave your dads out. I know that you dads, like, I remember one Christmas, my kids wanted a ping pong table. If you know anything about me, I can't believe I have a son who got a degree in mechanical engineering. I, don't, I just don't know he came from me. He looks like me, so I guess he's mine. But in any case, I literally stayed up all night trying to put that ping pong table together on Christmas Eve so it would be a surprise. I just buy things now. It's all together. Bikes, they're together. So, so verse 7, you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That word decided, it's a past tense. It means you have intended to give. So giving has to be planned. So we can't wait until Christmas Eve to decide to make Christmas special for mom. We've got to do it right now. So if you want to be able to give tomorrow, you have to plan to give today. If you want to give in the future, you have to plan on giving in the present. Otherwise, your money will what? Fly away. You've heard the saying that money talks, right? I don't know about you, but money's always talking to me. It's saying, goodbye. (laughs) See you later. Adios. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, a few others out there have been like that. So, how to live and give with intentionality. Live on a budget. Now, you notice I use the word live on a budget, not make a budget. Many people have created a budget, but few live by them. Why? Because it's hard. It takes discipline. One of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. But what happens when we make a budget, and, and I've been there, is that these exceptions come up, right? And that these ex- well, well, you know. You know, but it's somebody's birthday somewhere. Let's go to the ice cream store. Let's go to Dairy Queen. You know, let's celebrate. You know, these these exceptions come up. So we need to become self-aware. In putting a budget together, in adding together all your sources of income, which would include, obviously, your paycheck, uh, your tax return, birthday money, Christmas money, whatever it is, whatever is a source of income, and then subtracting it from all of your expenses. That's basically, uh, in a nutshell, how you do a budget. So a budget, it makes you self-aware. And for all you health experts out there, any nutritionists, uh, you understand that diets don't work. Because all diets do is just makes you think about food all the time. 
because it's focused on food, on not eating something. So nutritionists have said that self-awareness of keeping track of what you're eating, that's why Weight Watchers is so effective. It, it keeps track. It gives you points. It, you count the calories. And the reason for that is because of the phenomena that we eat more than what? Than we think we do. Well, in the same way, financial experts, certified financial planners, they've, they've seen the same thing. That we spend more than we think we do. So just doing a budget and keeping track of it, uh, bringing yourself to a place of awareness will bring you to a place of truth. So we see uh, in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, this, this whole idea of becoming self-aware of the truth about yourself. Either you're eating for, for nutritionists or you're spending, and the truth will set us free. So it's not trying harder. It's not striving. Instead, it's being aware and asking the Holy Spirit of self-control to operate in your life, to be released. So John chapter 8, verse 31 Jesus said, if you follow my teaching, you will what? You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you follow Jesus' teachings, half of Jesus' parables are about stewardship, making us self-aware that God has placed things in our hands and we're stewards of those things. So let's look at how we're doing in America. So the average American family spends, this is by their own self-awareness, they spend $810 per month on unnecessary expenditures. You know what number one is? Food, eating out. Now I'm not saying never eat out. But if you eat out every day and you're having difficulties giving, hmm. What's number two? Entertainment. I'm not saying we should never have entertainment, but we need to really look at is entertainment keeping us from the values that we have, the ability to give when God presents a need to us. And third, impulse spending. It used to be going to the mall, right? Window shopping. Do you know windows? Do you know they, they, the, the stores design you to window shop so you'll go in and what? Buy. So now, you know what it is now? It's online. Amazon. Man. Do you all remember when Amazon just sold used books? Oh, I wish I had bought stocks in Amazon back then. Uh, who would ever know? <laughs> you guys have no idea, right? Amazon was just this guy had in his garage selling used books somewhere in Seattle I think so just spending intentionally will save the average family $9,720 per year that family would be able to give generously if they'd be willing to spend intentionally alright so number two Pay with a debit card or pay with cash. 
the statistics have demonstrated that we will spend much less if we spend it with a debit card or with cash. So the average American has four credit cards. Their total debt is $6,200. It takes six years to pay off each card as an average. This past August, we as a nation, for the first time, passed the $1 trillion consumer credit card debt mark. That's not a good one to pass, by the way. That as a nation, we owe over a trillion dollars in credit card debt alone. That doesn't, doesn't count all other kinds of debt. That's just consumer credit card debt. So, so if a person got themselves out of debt, and if they gave just what they were paying in interest to credit cards, they would be generous givers. Think about that. All the interest. Do you, ever, do you ever look on your credit card how much interest you're paying to the bank? And you could be giving that uh, generously to those in need, to, to the missions, to the overflow church. So number three, get out of debt and stay out. Get out of debt and stay out. Romans 13, 8. Owe nothing to no one except the debt of love. 64% of families live paycheck to paycheck. Wow. 69% have less than $1,000 available to cover any kind of emergency expenses. Now, these are current statistics. 22% of those who are getting ready to retire have less than $5,000 for retirement. They are trusting in Social Security. Have you been reading about Social Security? <laughs> Do you know in 12 years, in 2035, Social Security is going to be upside down? They're projecting to have to cut Social Security benefits by 25%. So one of my sons, we, we have a family text um, message where we send each other pictures and videos and things of interest. So one of my sons sent me this video of these four Christians who decided that it would be fun in the Midwest, I think it's like Indiana or somewhere out there, who thought, who thought it would be fun to chase a tornado. As I watched this video, I was thinking, you know, this is how some of us are with our finances. Watch this video and see if you can connect the two. There is massive hail in this thing. I bet. We're going to be very close to hitting that. We'll be okay. Yeah, that's a tornado. The is on the ground right there. We'll be fine. We'll be okay. Going south. Going south. Okay. So just up this valley, we should be able to see this tornado. Yeah. Here we go. Is that it right there? Or wait, no, it's over here on the right. There's right. Yeah, it's right here on the right. That's it right there on the right. right there. That's it right there. Coming right at us, we are immediately downstream of it. What's going on, fun? Be cognizant. It's coming towards us. Where are we going? It's coming toward us, the tornado. Yes. Yeah, we gotta go. 
We need to get away from the tornado now. <laughs> They're trying to get away. Should we go right or should we go left? Which one? Which one? He chose left. He chose poorly. Sure, which way to go? Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. Yeah, left, right. left. Yes, Lord Jesus. We're chasing tornadoes. We Can't we should have gone right and left. I think we do. No, no, calm down. There's. Oh God, this is terrible. Thank you, Jesus, for protecting us in the name of Jesus. And I think that you're going to protect us right now. Jesus, in the protect name of Jesus. us. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Please, dear Lord, we are in it. Lord. We're in the tornado. Please, Lord, please, Lord, dear God, please, Lord, dear Lord, please. Dear Lord, please. over a million views on this. It's happened to the past. 
What's the most important is we're okay, and that's. I just, I'm sorry, the navigation. Dude, I, I'm right now. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Dude, I. Can you see the connection there between how some people live their finances and they're like chasing a tornado? So uh, I, I, I put a message together just from this video. I call it the five stages of poor decision making. Number one, a believer makes a series of decisions not considering the dire consequences of his actions. That's like us making poor financial choices every day and ending up in debt. Number two, stage number two, the believer is shocked and surprised when the life-threatening consequences of his decisions appears to be looming. So this would be a person nearing retirement who is in debt with little to no savings. Number three, the believer freaks out, <laughs> begging Jesus to stop the consequences that he walked himself right into. Number four, he thanks Jesus over and over again for saving his life while crying. And yet, somebody's car was totaled. And they were not in the center of that tornado. You understand that? They, they were in the outside. We lived, in, we lived in Texas for almost four years. They were not in the If they were in the center of that tornado, that car is flying. So they were in the outside of that tornado. And then number five, he declares to his friends, guys, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> oh, I want to say to you, if you are overspending, and if you're in debt, and you have no savings, stop now. <laughs> say, say to your wife, your husband, I'm done. I'm done. All right, number four, save and invest. People with the gift of giving also have the gift of getting. You cannot give when you have nothing to give. So, Rob and I, we have really had the joy and the privilege of being able to give generously when a need has been brought before us. We, by strategically, intentionally planning, we're able to give to that need. And so as I thought about that, how, you know, how were we able to do that? We're not millionaires. We're not, we're not rich. We're not wealthy. But the first was that we, we say we made a budget. And, and, and we live by it. We, we live frugal. We live strategically. And then number two, we invested. And we invested well. I want to encourage you to read the parable of the talents. We've all heard about the talents, 10 talents, 5 talents, and the 1 talent. That is a parable about learning how to invest well. Read it. The third thing that Rob and I have done well over the years is we have worked. We've had jobs. We've worked hard. I grew up poor, 
So I knew that if, if, if I was going to get anything, I had to earn money to buy it. So I started working in middle school. And I have had a job my entire life. There's never been a, tier, a period of time where I've been unemployed. When I was in seminary and I was taking 18 credits a semester, that's, that's like, nobody was doing that. Master's level, I had three jobs. So, you know, people who give generously, you look at them. They, they work hard. And then the last thing, and probably for, for us, I would say the most important, is that we made a decision to take God's word at his word. So in Romans 13, verse 8, where the Apostle Paul says, to, to owe no one anything but the debt of love. We, we said, that's going to be us. We're going to owe no one anything but the debt of love. So Robin and I have never owed anyone anything. We've never owed interest on credit cards. We've never made a car payment. We've paid cash for our cars. We've never bought into the store, the, the, the furniture stores, right? Buy now, pay later, three years, whatever. Then they know that if you can't pay now, you're not going to be able to pay later. So what happens is it's three years of accumulated interest added to that furniture that costs you 5000 now costs you 10000 So it's, it's staying out of debt. So, so Rob and I, we, we had this philosophy. If we didn't have the money, God hadn't provided it. Did you hear that? If we didn't have the money, God hadn't provided it, so we didn't buy it. And having no debt gives you great freedom to be able to give generously. So that when you see a need in Nigeria or in Haiti or the Dominican Republic or at Overflow Church, you know, we, we made a transition in how people could give to our church from one system to another. In that first quarter, uh, there were considerable uh, numbers of people who stopped giving and, or who didn't make the adjustment and it really got us behind. And so we presented to our family, because you know our family, the Harpers, when there's a need, we come together as a family, and we say, okay, this is a need. All of us need to, and you have 73,000 or 72,000, so we thank you. Some of you are like, oh, I love Overflow Church, but I'm not able to. So I just want to say to you, don't wait till you're in the middle of the tornado. <laughs> Go the opposite way. Go the opposite way of debt. So Pastor Chuck is going to come, and he's going to lead us in our activation. So God bless you. We do thank you for giving to Overflow Church and believing.